All right, are you in? I'm in. All right. So how many times on a weekly basis would you say you get told you should not be a mom because you're disabled? At least two or three. Now, do you think it's fair? No, absolutely not. What makes me any less of capable of being a mom as anybody else? My disabilities don't define me. My disabilities are part of what make me who I am. I feel like it's so unfair that people are like, well, mom shaming's bad. Like, here at Belby, we stand by fed is best. And so if you're going to say that I can't take care of my child when the hospital sent him home with me, I feel like there's something not adding up. No, you know? and that's so true. Like, if a hospital is okay sending you home with your child, there should be no reason people on the internet are going to slander you for being a mom. We shouldn't be. But it's not just being a mom that we get told we can't do. We can't do anything. We get told that we shouldn't even leave the house. Right. And, like, what kind of life is that? It's like telling someone... You're basically, you're done. You're done living. Like, pack your bags, just sit down for the rest of your life. And, like, that's not doable. And the reason we put it out on the internet to show people that is because growing up, at least I know, I didn't have that visibility in the world where I didn't see anyone like me. So I posed to be that visibility for people like me growing up and to make a difference. No, growing up, if you were disabled, you were shunned in my community. You, if you were disabled, you just needed to go to the hospital, to the mental institution, depending on what your disability was. And that's just where you needed to stay. You needed to be in a group home. You didn't need to be part of society. You didn't need to hold a job. You didn't need to be a parent. You didn't anything if you were disabled it was the end of the world and it's like we see the positivity now but the negativity is still outweighing the positive i was told i shouldn't be a service dog handler and rely on a dog unless my child also needs the service dog and like that's not how any of this works have you been told that one yet I haven't been told that one yet, but I've been told if I need a dog, then I need to give my child up. Dog, then I can't handle it. I can't handle having a kid when it's a lot more work to have my dog and keep my dog's training up so that she can help me than it is to take care of my kid. And a lot of you may not know this, but Raptor's kid also has a disability so she also has to tend to that and if she's able to do that while disabled that's a great person to have as a visibility in this community oh i'm not afraid to say it my son's adhd autistic it shows the world that we're not just broken pieces of society as i've been called before on my page partially potatoed which I find amusing. Yes, it is amusing. But that means that if one disabled person marries another disabled person, they make a full potato.
Oof. I never thought of it that way. See? If it disabled... And then they're a full potato. There's no problem. <laughs> we make a hole. <laughs> but it's like, see, our dogs are here. I'm going to explain this for the audience because Raptors, I know you know this. But our dogs are there to help mitigate our disability. It gives me the independence to not just focus on myself. He lets me know when my blood sugars are low or high. He'll wake me up in the middle of the night by literally taking me by the back of the shirt if I ignore him for more than 20 minutes and pull me off the bed because it's that serious. He helps me retrieve things. He does my heart rate alerts. And it's just, it makes life so much more livable for me. What about you, Raptors? My dog is currently being trained to alert to my migraines so that I can take my, my medication when I'm supposed to. She is being trained for allergen alert, which means that she's going to tell me when there is and when there is not a chemical that I can touch. I get super, uh, a super bad rash and like chemical burns when I come into contact with cleaner. So she'll tell me that she does PTSD tasks. She does disorientation tasks. That's just brushing I the think... surface of our dogs. But it's like, also, if you see us, we are very open with what our disability is and how it affects us being parents. Other people, it's not even right to know what everyone's disability is. So the way that we're so open about talking about it is because we want to be that visibility. So that doesn't give everyone the right to go ask anyone who's disabled disability. Now, when it comes to your child respecting you, do you feel your child respects you any less because you're disabled? I don't feel my child respects me less because of my disability. I think my child can relate to me more because my son is ADHD autistic and when I have my episodes and I'm dealing with my disability he is typically during that time very good very understanding wants to help me do what he needs to do to take care of mom but I it's also something I do for him when he's dealing with his disability in full effect, I try to nurture him and care for him and do anything that he needs to mitigate his disability. I feel personally with my child because we both had illnesses when he was born that I was able to sympathize with him more because I had been in that situation. Luckily, he has grown out of that now but at any time, because I am disabled and some of mine are hereditary, he could become disabled with the same things that I have. Now, does that make me a bad person for having kids? No, it doesn't. Because the illness that I do have that is hereditary is type 1 diabetes. And yes, it sucks. And I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. But we don't even know where mine came from. 
So there's no telling if he'd even get it. And we test him yearly just to make sure. And I set a very good example of how I care for myself. In case he does get it, he knows it's not the end of the world. Well, in getting something like that, it's not necessarily always something from your genes. Yeah. So if that doesn't make you any worse of a person, even though you've had it most of your life, then it would if, say, I got it at 18 or 19. Which is the age that my sibling got it. And they stated exactly. that both of ours were stress-related. And Even I know a few sick. moms that had got diabetes from their pregnancies, and it never went away. Yeah, gestational diabetes doesn't always go away. And that's a fact a lot of people don't know. Exactly. And does that mean that those people that got gestational diabetes shouldn't have their child any more than somebody who's had it their whole life? No. I feel like it doesn't take away anyone's right to have a kid. No, it doesn't. It's just like all of these parents that people are trying to force to have abortions when they don't want abortions. And the medical field tries to push it on them. I feel abortion should be someone's choice and not forced upon them. Oh, I got nervous mentioning that topic. <laughs> but it's just like <laughs> CPS nowadays. If they see a disabled parent, they'll do anything in their power to try to take that child away from them. And I think that's disgusting. Well, they do. So when you talk to CPS as a disabled person, especially as a disabled person with a service dog handler, they immediately jump to you are abusing substances you're abusing your medication, your medication makes it so that you can't handle having a child. Hi, Abba. Uh, your dog's not safe for your child to be around because you need the dog. It means that you physically can't handle having the child. Even though it's got nothing to do with any of that. The dogs are what makes it so that we can have the children because while we're focused on the children, we're not always focused on our own health. And the dogs are there to basically hay-stupid us. Yeah. They're there to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves while we are taking care of the child. And it's just like, just because we're ill doesn't mean we should be taken a right from us to have kids to be around our kids. Cause I know when a friend of mine had a CPS case, I was called and asked one about their dog cause I trained the dog, but two about their medical history, the medications they're on. I feel like that's highly inappropriate that they have the power or they think they have the power to ask those questions. Well, and I mean, I do understand that there are some disabilities and there are some medications that make it more difficult for you to be a parent. But yeah. if you have a good support system and you say are on those medications or have those di disabilities that make it more difficult for you to be a parent and you live with your parents, your partner is your living caregiver, 
you know, some way, somehow that when you are having a bad day and you are not able to act as a parent, that there is somebody reliable there to act as a parent, then that does stop your ability to be a parent. It just means that you need some help. God forbid. Let's use me for an example here. I have what is known as a Thornwalt cyst in my brain, along with a pituitary tumor. Now, both of these, even though one's called a cyst, is considered a tumor and it's very rare. And the only treatment for it is surgery. So that means eventually I'm going to have brain surgery. And I'm lucky enough to have the support system I do where my husband's job is understanding if he has to take days off to stay with me in the ICU. I have my mom who's going to travel to stay with my child. And I have friends in the area that are going to come sit with me when my husband does have to go to work and my mom is taking care of my child. And I have friends willing to fly out to come and help as well. Like, I am so grateful for the community that I have because raising kids, especially when disabled, takes a village. It does. And that's the thing. Like, your disability is going to put you down. You know this. For So, you are taking the necessary precautions and you're making the necessary arrangements to ensure that your child is still taken care of. That's what a mother does. A mother does what she needs to do to take care of her child, whether that be right, wrong, or otherwise. Right. A mother does what they need to do to take care of their child. Sometimes that means putting our own health in <clears throat> aside and dealing with them and only them. Sometimes that means that we have to focus on our own health and rely on our support system, on that village, to take care of our child for us. And it's like these when people it, just don't get that. Like, I, I really don't know when that became a thing. Home by yourself, that you can't be a parent, I'm not sure. Right. Like, what do you, like, I know for a fact, before it became visible, there were still disabled women having kids. It became, if you're disabled, you can't have children, is because of that, and of that way of thinking. Yeah. I don't understand how we went from it not being visible and it being okay because no one was hating on it because it wasn't visible to it being visible and all of a sudden it's not okay. I don't see where the disconnect happened. We're just now because you can see it. Yeah, I don't understand where it happened either. I know growing up because of not seeing it and everything else my support system was my mom and dad and my sister and then i hid and i had a really bad rebellion in my disabilities that caused a lot of pain and suffering and hospital trips because i wanted to be normal i didn't want to be the weird girl that went to the clinic all the time i didn't want to be the one that was bullied for being different so i hid it and now i'm done hiding I'm never going to hide again, and I'm going to advocate for anyone who feels like they have to hide. Because I know for a fact I don't want my child thinking they have to hide if they become disabled. 
Well, and that's where I'm at. I hid what was wrong with me for so long. And it was well, you as the dog trainer that pointed she it didn't, out. She didn't realize she was ill until I pointed it out when she was 28. And then I went to the doctor and went, hey, somebody noticed this. And my doctor goes, well, yeah, none of this is right. Now I've been fighting for, what, eight months yep. to get an actual diagnosis. And the only diagnosis that they can come up with is you have migraines and you're allergic to chemicals. It wasn't talked about for so long. I thought for the longest time, everybody was allergic to chemicals. Everybody had migraines on a daily basis. It's normal. But there is light at the end of the tunnel for her because she is getting to go get testing done for... I don't know if you want this on the internet. <laughs> so I don't care. I don't care. She's getting tested for no. a hole in her brain, the lining of her brain, and she's getting tested for POTS. I went to the doctor six months ago thinking I had breast cancer, and I left with a brain tumor. Like, <clears throat> life is so unpredictable and will throw anything your way. And for you to get mom shamed, because of stuff you can't control is absurd. <laughs> it is. It really is. And once I realized that no, everything I thought was normal isn't normal. And once the doctors are like, yeah, you know, you're probably disabled. After I started pushing for them to figure out what was actually going on with me, because this started when I was 14, 15, and I thought the entire time that this was normal, that me having migraines that lasted three, four days a week, that that was normal. Everybody had those, or at least so I thought. I thought everybody, when they went out to restaurants, they got blisters that looked like they were dipped in acid on their arms and on their hands. I thought everybody did that. And no, then finally talking normal. to her, she's like, no, that's not normal. So I started. And even my doctors asked me why I hadn't pushed to get this figured out sooner. And I went, cause that's just not something I grew up with. It's not something that you talked about. You didn't talk about your disability. You didn't if you had an issue, you just sucked it up and got over it. And this is a great part where I'm going to veer off and let them know what next week's podcast is, because this really heavily plays into that. Next week, we will be discussing growing up military with military doctors and how that's affected our diagnosis, our way of thinking, and everything like that. Oh, yeah. It so, affected mine, too, growing that. up with them. But back to the topic. <laughs> right, the topic at hand. But then all of a sudden, once I started pushing to get my diagnosis, it became, I'm a bad mom. I'm I not able that. to be a mom. Yeah, I'm not capable. She, she called me crying because her doctor told her that she needs to give her parental rights up because all of a sudden she has a disability when she's been raising her child for seven years. Okay, well, you have migraines, you can't be a mom. Like, does that make sense to anybody? Because it doesn't to me. 
I'm, but I'm pushing like, for answers. All of a sudden, it's oh, you can't be a mom. Disgusting. Doctors gaslighting okay, is just for me. Disgusting. Do you get yelled at when you film instead of taking care of your child because the internet knows you have a child? Um. No, because I don't film a whole lot of me. Most of my filming is filming just within my day-to-day -day activities. So but me, I do get yelled at for the amount of animals I have because they don't understand how I can have my child, my disabilities, and take care of all the animals. Which is wild because you own a rescue. Right. Like, I get told that instead of filming TikToks, I should go take care of my kid. If people didn't know, moms get breaks. Moms deserve breaks. And that's not just, that's not for your daily necessity of showering, taking your medication or eating. No, we deserve like a 10 minute break just to calm down. I take my break during my child's nap time because he's, they're still at that age. She does it while her child's at school. Because he's that age. Why can't I do things that I want to do while my child's at school? As long as we, even if we're posting it at like midnight or five o'clock when they're awake, like that shouldn't give people the right to yell at us of when we're posting. Like you don't know if that's pre-filmed or if it was filmed. Like even when I film TikTok, sometimes my child's running around just having a blast. Like you can't helicopter. Yeah, most of mine, my child was present for. <coughs> most of the TikToks that I have up, my child was present for. My child was in the next room for. My child was two feet from me for. It's just, there's so much hatred and shaming in all of the communities. But I know right now the mom community on TikTok is going out on is fed best or is breast best or is bottle best. And I think fed is best. Fed's best. I don't believe in neglecting your child because you can't produce. I got a brain tumor that causes my hormones to mess up to where even a year and a half after I stopped breastfeeding, which I had to fortify because of how underweight he was because he was premature. So I did use formula. I still produce milk. Would I give that to my child? No, I don't trust it. Like me, I didn't know I was pregnant till which we will discuss in a whole nother podcast. But yeah. I didn't know I was pregnant until I was seven months pregnant. And that caused me to not necessarily take care of myself as you should when you're pregnant. Thus, meaning I only produced for the first two months of my son's life. And That's I stopped producing. Does that make me a bad mom because I stopped producing breast milk and I had to switch him to formula? I had the problem where I overproduced. It's just crazy. Like, my doctors look down on me because I'm a disabled parent, and I'm just like, I would love to see you do better because I'm over here thriving. Am but I wrong? No, just because we can't do certain things doesn't make us any worse of people. 
And I don't know, you cut out part way through. Oh, <laughs> I feel it was a lot easier for you being a mom since you've gotten your service dog. We have lost that dog, but we are moving and growing and we still, you can't just, when you lose a service dog, you can't just stop. So we have grieved and we're still grieving. It's so hard, dude, but we have gotten another service dog in training for her because she can't live her life feeling like she's been dropped in battery acid. Yeah, it's glorious. And, you know, having my service dog, it was a learning curve, but instead of me looking at my son going, yeah, you go have fun, mom and can't touch that, because I knew that I was allergic to these things. I've been allergic to them my whole life. <clears throat> so instead of looking at him and going, yeah, okay, you know, you go have fun and you do this. I can't go with you because I don't know what's on it. Now I'm able to go, yeah, dude, let's go do it. I'm right there with you. I can go just... on rides with him. I can go places with him I can open doors I can all all the things that normal people do that they take for granted because of my allergy I wasn't able to do I had to wear gloves that went up to my elbows and if I didn't have those on I had to wear regular gloves with long sleeves or I'd have to wear latex gloves and wrap my arms in a sports bandage to keep the chemicals off of them and it's everyday chemicals like that mcdonald's wipes their door handles down with for sanitation purposes or they wipe their tables down with for sanitation purposes it's just so beautiful getting to watch someone who thought that this was normal realize who they are and what's going on and just growing to love themselves again that's amazing it's made me a better person it's made me a better parent to have that support from my dog no matter what anybody has to say about it i've almost passed in my sleep but my dog saved my life by notifying me of my blood sugar there's so much people don't understand of what goes into being a service dog handler along with a mother, along with just being a disabled mother at that. It's just so beautiful to run into people that are like you in public and they're willing to talk to you and give you that insight. And Exactly. We need more of that in this world. We do. I've helped... Just in the time that I've been trying to figure out my diagnosis, which it hasn't even been a full year yet. Like, I will be honest. It hasn't been a you've full been year yet Belvins. that I've been you've, trying to figure this you've been out. The for eight months. So it's been about eight months. Yep. Because I first journey. came to Belby's because my dog was a abandoned service dog. And so I came to Belby's needing to know what to do with her because no other trainer could understand what she was going through and she was lashing out 
And then we realized that, no, her lashing out is actually her trying to alert to me that something was going to happen. She just didn't know how to do it properly because that's, she was alerting to my migraines because she would lash out and then 20 minutes later, I'm sitting there dying with a migraine. And when I say I'm dying with a migraine, I am in one position. I am not able to open my eyes. I am not able to talk. I am not able to listen to anything. I am not able to stand. I physically cannot function with these. And they will last for up to a week at a time. In order to have chronic migraines, you have to have 15 or more migraine days a month. I would knock those out within two weeks. And sometimes I would be on one migraine. So once we figured out that she was lashing out to alert to these, I figured out that, okay, I can take my medication when she lashes out. And that's about the time that Bilby's pointed out to me that, no, no, you, you're actually disabled. My exact words. (laughs) I went, immediately went to the doctors and started talking to them. Yeah, that, that was pretty much her exact words. And then, what was it, the next day, I had an appointment with my doctor? Yep. Telling him what she had pointed out to me, and the doctor went, yeah, you are. Let's start figuring it out, and here I am, eight months, five MRIs later, and they still don't know exactly what's going on with me. Which is a horrible limbo to be in. So disability isn't just like it is. It's not just but things it's that are also not something that like you just go to the doctor and they go, oh, yep, you're disabled and you're done. Yeah, no, it's months of years of fighting, of being gaslit, of being basically bullied by doctors because they don't like it when you advocate or stand up for yourself. But that'll be a whole nother video of doctors gaslighting. Right? I've got a few (laughs) stories of that one. I'm on, in eight months, I'm on my third doctor from that. Jeez. Yeah, but like she said, that'll be a whole nother podcast on that subject. But I'm three doctors in in eight months. And a lot of this could have been solved back with military doctors when I was a child. So that'll be a fun one to discuss in that podcast. If you guys want to reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the ads for that is a Bell's Boy.